0: If you have a metabolism that is not working correctly, you have an accumulation of a lot of waste that is going to damage the cells and push toward aging. But if you have a metabolic system that is working properly, you will reduce strongly the accumulation of this waste.
1: Nicola Vanilli is a researcher in the Department of Oncology at the University of Lausanne in Switzerland. Hello again, welcome to the Live Long and Master Aging podcast. I'm Peter Bose. This is where we explore the science and stories behind human longevity. In this episode, we continue our exploration of the gut metabolite urolithin A. We'll do a quick recap in a second. And evidence that this natural compound plays a key role in the health of our immune system and our ability to fight infections. Now, the discussion we're about to have is quite detailed, so I'm going to start with a few pointers that will hopefully explain a few of the terms we're about to use. And a good place to start, if you didn't catch it, would be our last episode, an interview with Dr Anurag Singh, a longtime researcher into the role of urolithin A. In it, we cover the background in some considerable detail, and you'll find that interview in your podcast feed immediately before this one. In this conversation, we focus on a particular type of stem cells that are important for the health of our blood and immune systems. They're called hematopoietic stem cells and as we age we know their ability to do their job declines. The question and subject of the new research we're about to discuss is can that decline be slowed down or even reversed through exposure to urolithin A? So let's get into it. Dr. Nicola Vanini Welcome to the Live Long and Master Aging podcast.
0: Uh, thanks, it's uh, really a pleasure to be here. So urethine um, A is a molecule that is metabolized by the gut microbiota. And uh, the mother molecule is uh, a acid that derives from uh, red berries, you can find it in, uh, in pomegranate. And uh, once it's metabolized, it goes in the organism. And uh, uh, uritinate has been shown to uh, promote uh, the metabolic fitness of the cells, especially by targeting mitochondria, because it's known that during aging, what happens is that you have accumulation of defective mitochondria. Mitochondria are the house power of the cells, so they produce the energy of the cells. And you can uh, understand that uh, if this machinery are not working properly, leads to accumulation of waste. This waste is... Uh, uh, damaging the cells and is inducing the aging process. So what uridine does is uh, has the capacity to target mitochondria, to induce the recycling of mitochondria. So essentially you get rid of damaged mitochondria and the, they get replaced by new fully functional mitochondria. So if you, you reduce the production of this waste, the metabolic fitness of the cells is ameliorated and you have rejuvenation of the cells.
1: Well, I'd like to dive into all of that in some detail and, and look at your new research. Maybe you could just tell us a little bit about your own career and how you came to this area of speciality.
0: I, I started my study in Italy. I did my master and uh, PhD in Italy. And then I moved for a couple of years in US, uh, in San Diego, the Burnham Institute. And afterwards, I, I went to Switzerland where I did my postdoc. And then a few years ago, like in 2016, I started my own lab at University of Lausanne. And uh, there uh, I'm really focusing on the effect of phaging on the hematopoietic and immune system. So I'm as a background, I'm a stem cell biologist, so I'm really interested to see the effect of aging on hematopoietic stem cell, because uh, hematopoietic stem cells are uh, the mother of all the immune and blood cells. So if you have a healthy hematopoietic stem cell, that will reflect in a more healthy immune system. So essentially what we are doing in my lab is really to try to understand uh, some of the metabolic features that are leading to the aging of a hematopoietic system. Also, how we can target it in order to rejuvenate the hematopoietic and immune system. Which
1: is our special interest in this interview and some research that you published recently in Nature aging and and this really does focus in on immunity and as i mentioned our ability to fight diseases can you maybe just take us back to the beginning what you set out to try to achieve what your thesis was what your idea was essentially this was a study in two parts with mice
0: yes so essentially what happened during aging the old no tissue you have this accumulation of defective mitochondria and indeed we found that in hematopoietic stem cell it happened the same so the, all the hematopoietic stem cells, they accumulate this defective mitochondria. And um, during aging, aging, hematopoietic stem cell, they first, they lose their capacity to, do, to give rise to all the blood lineage. They give rise preferentially to myeloid lineage, and that is associated to immune depression and so higher susceptibility to infection and cancer development. And the other thing that uh, is happening, you know, uh, hematopoietic stem cells are really important in the context of bone marrow transplantation. So during aging, they reduce also their capacity to reconstitute the blood system of uh, uh, a recipient individual. So essentially, we saw that in uh, hematopoietic stem cells, there was this defect in uh, mitochondrial metabolism. So essentially what we did, we screened different molecules for the capacity to modulate the metabolism in hematopoietic stem cell. And the best performing one was urolitin A. And how did it affect the mice? You treated old mice. How did they change? So essentially we did two sets of experiments. One ex vivo, essentially where we took hematopoietic stem cell from old mice and we cultured in a dish in the presence of uh, uh, urolitin A, and another set of experiments where we fed the mice and then we checked the immune functionality. So in the first fa- set of experiments, we took uh, hematopoietic stem cell from young, old mice, and the one from old mice, they were treated with urolitin A. Afterwards, they were transplanted in uh, recipient mice and uh, the results were quite astonishing because the, all the hematopoietic stem cell treated with urolitin A, they perform as well as the young hematopoietic stem cell. So they had the same capacity to reconstitute the blood and immune system of a literally radiated mouse. In the second set of uh, uh, experiment, we supplemented urolitin A in the food And we tested the capacity of these mice to respond to a virus. So essentially, we infected the mice after a a feeding period of three, four months. And we measured the the quantity of the virus in the mouse. And the mice that were fed with urolitin A, they were much better in clearing the virus. So they had much better response to the virus, not as well as the young mice, but they perform much better than all mice that didn't receive urolithin A.
1: And this was a synthetic form of urolithin A that you are using. And just for clarity, urolithin A, it, it comes in one form, whether we're talking about mice or humans, It—it it, it is the same. It is produced in our gut, but we're talking about the same compound.
0: Yeah, yeah exactly. It's the same compound. And uh, it was... Uh, chemically synthesized. Essentially we uh, we use a compound that is chemically synthesized and we provide both or in the dish when we culture the hematopoietic stem cell for a transplantation or we provide it in the food of mice. But the molecule is the same, the one that you have in mouse and the one that you have in human.
1: And you describe the results as astonishing. T- to what extent were you astonished and and what are the do you think the implications of this?
0: So the the results were uh, quite surprising because uh, it's for me it's several years that I'm working on uh, uh, different molecules that are known to modulate the hematopoietic immune function but it's the first time for me that I found a molecule that has a such uh, strong effect. Uh, obviously the impact is, uh, is quite wide because you can imagine that uh, improving the immune function of uh, older adults has a really big impact because uh, we know that uh, elderly population are more susceptible to infection and cancer development. And we can imagine that by boosting their immune system with uh, with urolitin A, we can prevent infection, but also we can delay the onset of cancer.
1: Which is really quite striking, isn't it? Now, what is the next stage? Uh, there have been some human studies, presumably more clinical trials in, involving
0: people uh, are needed. Yes, yeah, so uh, we are now trying to set up our own trial with uh, a specific category of uh, patients that have uh, a similar feature of uh, uh, immunosenescence that you can find uh, uh, in elderly population. And these category of patients are cancer-free patients that receive chemotherapy, because it's known that chemotherapy is, use, is inducing premature aging of the immune system. So uh, now, the and this effect is permanent. So people that have received chemotherapy, even they are cancer-free, they are cured, but the damage of immune system will persist. So uh, the idea is to see whether urolitin A can revert these immunosenescent features also in this category of patients. And uh, the other uh, direct application that we, I can see for urolithin A is also in the context of uh, uh, elderly vac- vaccination, because it's known that elderly, they respond much less to vaccine immunization. So we can think to uh, supplement urolithin A to this category of patients before receiving a uh, vaccine to have uh, a more long lasting response.
1: So... In addition to, and I frame it like this, reversing aging or at least reducing the biological age of, a, of an individual animal, the applications, as you've dis- described, are uh, quite wide in terms of not only preventing disease, but treating disease as well.
0: Yes. Uh, so uh, I can see both the things because uh, you can imagine that if you boost the immune system, you can, in an elderly population, you can prevent uh, infection, the onset of cancer development. and uh, But at the same time, being a molecule that uh, uh, restored the mitochondrial function, there are many diseases that carry mitochondrial uh, mutation. So we can also think to apply this kind of uh, uh, supplementation in, uh, in the category of people that have this uh, mutation in mitochondrial uh, machinery. So in a way to Uh, restore the metabolic fitness of the
1: cell. And one thing I wanted to ask you about, you kind of hinted at it earlier, the the way that we get urolithin A without any supplementation is that we generate it ourselves and a healthy gut is important to do that. And we know this from other research that we as individuals to differing extents are able to produce urolithin A. Some of us are, are good prolific producers and others not so much. Now in terms of your research and what it tells us, how do you think that is going to help us decide whether we actually need urolithin A supplementation? Because there's always this question, I think, in people's minds when we're talking about any form of supplementation is... Do I actually need it?
0: So uh, essentially, the only way to know that would be to uh, analyze uh, the own gut microbiota. But since Eurotin-A doesn't have any side effect, I think, uh, you know, the supplementation would be uh, a good strategy, both for people that has the right gut microbiota and for people that doesn't have it. Because if you get directly Eurotin-A, you have compounds that you know that you will be absorbed and you will have it in your uh, in the body, so I, in both case, I think uh, it's well known that urolithin A doesn't have any side effects, so i would I would go for it
1: and looking more broadly, you say you were you didn't expect the results to be quite as strident as you've seen. in terms of longevity science and moving forward, how big a um, impact do you think this better understanding of urolithin a and and the process? is going to have honours because clearly we've been talking in the past mostly about urolithin A, mitochondrial health, muscle strength. There's a lot of good research that shows that in human beings, supplementation with urolithin A can help us from a, a physical standpoint in terms of our strength, our, our stability, our perhaps preventing frailty and old age. But What you're talking about is going much broader in terms of the really killer diseases that could potentially shorten
0: our lives. Yeah, because um, there were several uh, work that came out a few years ago now. Uh, Essentially, I think the the impact of furitin is so uh, strong because uh, it has been shown that if you uh, uh, rejuvenate the immune system, the impact that you have is in the whole body. So the the effect that you you have uh, on the on the muscle, for example, yes, possibly is is uh, because of uretine A is affecting the muscle, but part of it is also coming because uretine A has an effect on the immune system. So the effect on the immune system has a broad effect. And uh, it can impact different organ, and as I mentioned before, also different disease. Because if you have, it's the uh, the immune system is the first barrier for infection, but also for uh, for disease is a kind of housekeeper to check that everything is uh, is working correctly. One of the aim of my lab is really to find strategy that can improve or revert immunosenescence. Because if you do that, it's not just the impact on the immune system, but you have a broad impact on all organisms.
1: I want to ask you more of a general question. This is a podcast about human longevity. It is about healthy aging. It's about trying to maximize our health span, the number of years that we can live without chronic diseases. Is this something that you spend a lot of time thinking about, of the kind of lifestyle using science that we could be living in the decades to come?
0: Yeah, for sure there are, uh, one of the things is for sure the physical activity and nutrition for sure. But the two things are going quite together because physical activity is improving the metabolism of uh, cellular metabolism. Uh, so if you do physical activity, you improve your mitochondrial fitness. And with the specific supplementation or specific nutrients, you can achieve a similar results, for example, with the urethine A, or um, it has been shown also for, uh, for example, NAD booster that can somehow improve mitochondrial fitness and the metabolism of the cell. When you have this improvement of metabolism, then it will reflect on the general capacity of the cells. Because as I mentioned before, if you have a metabolism that is not working correctly, you have an accumulation of uh, a lot of waste that is going to damage the cells and push toward aging. But if you have a a metabolic system that is working properly, you will reduce strongly the accumulation of this waste and you can prevent or like in the case of urotinase, you can even revert uh, some aging features.
1: But you make an important point and that is that we're probably looking at a future where yes supplementation to an extent is going to be part of our lives but still crucially will be a good balanced diet and a lot of exercise
0: exactly exercise for sure is is key i think it's uh, is the two things are going together you know the nutrition and the, uh, exercise because if you want to keep a good metabolic health you need both of them you know you, you need to uh, stay active you need to have a balance in nutrition and you can also implement it with the specific uh, supplements like urolitin A. So the, I think the combination of all these things are really meant to improve the quality of life in the elderly.
1: Just one final thought. What kind of response have you had from the scientific community and especially researchers involved in in this particular field outside of your own laboratory has the response been to this study
0: so they uh, actually um, the effect was quite uh, as i say was quite uh, astonishing and also a uh, colleague uh, all over the world when uh, when they saw the results they were quite uh, quite surprised because it's uh, uh, for me uh, and also for many of my colleagues it was the first time to say that they see a molecule that was able, especially in the context of uh, transplantation, to restore completely the blood reconstitution capability. And uh, these results, they were presented also at the ASH meeting at the American Association of Hematology last year. And uh, I had a uh, really nice uh, feedback from many colleagues. So I think uh, the, the story is, uh, is quite well received from, uh, from the community.
1: Well, it is a a story that we are going to continue on this podcast that we are going to continue to watch closely. It is really fascinating research. Nicola Vanini, thank you very much indeed. Thanks to you. And if you'd like to delve into more details to read the original paper, I will put some links into the show notes for this episode. You can find them at the Live Long and Master Aging website, llamapodcast.com. This has been a Healthspan Media production. We'll be back soon with another conversation. In the meantime, thank you so much for listening. This podcast is for informational, educational and entertainment purposes only. We do not offer medical advice. If you have health concerns of any kind, or you are considering adopting a new diet or exercise regime, you should first consult your doctor.